Welcome to the Life Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. I'm going to ask you to stay standing for just a moment because I want to, I understand the, the honour to be here on this big day, but it actually is a big day because we are thanking God for Pastor Paul and Marie Dion for 30 years, of coming 30 years ago, starting an amazing church. Um, the Bible says we are not to withhold honour to where honour is due. Amen. How many think there's some honour due to this couple? They don't think that, but the Bible does tell us what we're to do. Jesus said, these people honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. I know your hearts and your lips are with this couple. I wonder today, how many people today standing in this auditorium and every campus, everybody watching online can honestly say your life is better and, and like life is just move forwards because you sat under anointed preaching and teaching. Your marriage is better. Your business is better. Your life is better because of this couple, Paul and Marie Deal. How many people can say, come on, let's show some honour where honour is due. Amen. Thank you, Paul and Marie, for being such dear friends to Sharon and I. I said this in the first service, we would not be doing ministry today if it wasn't for them. When we were 17, when I was 17, I became a Christian, married the most beautiful girl when I was 20, and we were just facing the pressures of youth ministry and, you know, just getting started in marriage. And we wanted to find somebody that we could look to for friendship, relationship, and someone who did that a little bit further down the track than us, we found Paul Mary De Young. They've been friends of ours for many, many years. And I just want to say thank you, Paul and Marie, for being not just to Channel Eye, but to pastors all over the world, to the nation of New Zealand. Just a stellar example of integrity, pure motives, right heart, and we just honour you today. Amen? Amen. I also know He'll want me to stop there, so I will. Okay, can we pray? Father, we come around Your Word today and I pray You speak to us. I pray, Lord, You speak through me. I pray, Lord, on this significant weekend that there would be a Word of life imparted into every one of us. Father, we thank You for what's happened in the last 30 years of Life Church and the 40 years of their ministry of Pastor Paul Marie. But Lord, I believe this Word will help each and every one of us to keep on looking to the future while they celebrate the past. In Jesus' Name, everybody said? Amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, boy, you sung good today. I thought it was an angel. Just, I thought it was an angel as you're being seated. We love the Diong family. Let me tell you, we are Diong fans. We love them, each and every one of them. They're amazing. What an incredible family. I want everyone to say with me today, grapes. Come on, say it out loud. Grapes. I want it. Come on, online, everybody. Grapes, giants, and grasshoppers. That's my message today. Grapes, giants, and grasshoppers. Numbers chapter 13, and we're going to read in verse 26. This is the story of the spies coming back from having, prom having gone in to the promised land, the place that God told them He would take them. And now they're bringing back a report because they finally got to the promised land. And it says on the edge of it, they came back to Moses and Aaron 
and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the Lamb. I love that. They brought back evidence of the fruit of the Lamb. And they gave Moses this account. We went into the land that you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. I didn't say milk and honeys. It flows with milk and honey. Here is the fruit. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak, the Amalekites who live in the Negev and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Parasites and the Termites and the Amorites, all who live in the hill country and the Canaanites who live near the sea along the Jordan. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses. We should go up and take possession of the land for we can certainly do it. But the man who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They're stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land that they had explored. They said the land that we explored devours those who were living it. And the people who were there were of great size. And COVID was everywhere. And the economy was down. And we saw Nephilim and there were descendants of Anak. And it says, and we seemed like, every say seemed like, we seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and so we look the same to them. Everybody say grapes, giants, grasshoppers. And the first thing I want to say to you when I read this story, I just want to say to you, listen, God has a promised land for every single person. And here we are today celebrating some of the promises that God put in your pastor's, founding pastor's heart 30 years ago. And you're seeing the fruit of them saying yes to Jesus. And I've come to tell you that God still has much more for you in Jesus' name. Not just as a church, but for you who make up the church. And here's the first thought. Number one, God has grapes for you. Look what the Bible says in verse, uh, let's have a look here, verse 23. It says, when they reached the valley of Eshcol, they cut off a branch bearing a single cluster of grapes. And it says, and two of them carried it on a pole, a single cluster of grapes. It took two men to carry. This is the land that God has for you. And I want to declare to you today that God has grapes for you. God has blessing for you. God has promises for you, that your future is bright, that God has grapes for you, and not just little itty bitty grapes, but the Bible says it took two men to carry one cluster of grapes. And I'm here today, I believe, declaring the Word of the Lord, that God has grapes for you. Amen. And you are the church. And I actually felt even the Holy Spirit spoke to me before this service. And I don't know what that grape is, what a grape is for you. But for somebody here, you are married and you've been believing God to have a child. And I felt the Holy Spirit spoke very clearly that you will conceive a child very soon in the name of Jesus. Come on. God has grapes for you. For some people, 
it's relationships and God has grapes for you. Maybe you're a single person wondering, will I ever meet my life's partner? Will I ever get married? Can I declare today that God has grapes for you? Maybe a young business person aspiring to start your own business and you're looking at what's happening in our culture and the economy and everybody around you is telling you, this is not a good time. There's giants in the land. You should be careful. Can I declare the Word of the Lord? Listen, God has grapes for you in the name of Jesus. I don't know what it is. Maybe you're believing God to buy a house. And in the natural, it doesn't look possible. Can I tell you today, God has grapes for you in the name of Jesus. God has provision. Where it's God's vision, there is God's provision. When it's God's will, it is God's bill. And unto Him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you could ever ask or think, life, listen to me, God has grapes for you. Come on, somebody give God some praise. And there's an abundance. And it's not just that God has healing for you. Maybe that's the great that God has for you. Maybe it's a breakthrough in the family. That's the great that God has for you. I want you to hear the word, word of the Lord. You need to imagine your future as bright in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody say, God has grapes for me. Turn to the person next to you and say, God has grapes for you. Now turn to that other person you ignored and say, you too. Come on, God has grapes for me in Jesus' name. Here's the second thing I want to say. Not only does God have grapes for you, and that's in an abundance, and it's God's provision, and it's God's goodness, but I want to tell you, there are giants. God has grapes, but there are giants. And ministry will always take you into the land of giants. Ministry. What God's called you to do will always, always take you into the land of giants. Giants, I mean, sometimes a giant is like big price tag. When you thought about what you're believing God for, to give $45 million and you as a church rallied for that, that's a giant price tag. But look what the Lord has done. Look what God has done in and through you. Can I declare to you today, listen, maybe it's a giant of health and we are still fighting the good fight of faith with your pastor and believe for that giant to be defeated. But I'll tell you, I know him. He's not just thinking about what it is, the giant that he's facing, but he's aware of so many people also facing the giant of health. Can I tell you, God has grapes for you, but to get to the grapes, you got to take on the giants and you are up for it in the name of Jesus. Amen. You see, I believe with all my heart, you need an enemy and so do I. I believe your enemy activates your dream. I believe with all my heart, the Bible puts it this way. Listen, that in, you know, when, when Satan attacked Jesus, little did he know that actually he was going to end up promoting Jesus. When Satan had Jesus crucified on the cross, if he'd known that that attack on the life and the ministry of Jesus would have ended up resulting in Jesus being promoted as the King of Kings, the the Lord of Lords, a name above every other name. I want to tell you, when Satan attacks you, he runs the risk of promoting you. Listen to Philippians. 
It says, speaking of Jesus, rather he made himself of nothing, of no reputation, taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in the appearance of man. This is Jesus, the Son of God. And it says, and he found in the appearance of man. He humbled himself, becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and has given him a name that is above every other name. Can I just say this today? Maybe you're facing some giants. You feel like you're under a giant attack. And I've come to tell you today, hey, when the enemy attacks you, all he'll end up doing is promoting you. When the enemy attacked Jesus, it says God exalted him with a name above every other name. Can I tell you? It's promotion time. When you're under an attack, you need an enemy because it's gonna elevate you and promote you. Not only this, but the Bible says, Psalm 23, even though I walk through the valley and the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. What's this? You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Sometimes we as Christians read it and we think, well, if God is with us, then there should be no enemy in front of us. But the Bible tells me God prepares a table for you and for me. Watch, not in the absence of your enemies, but in the presence of your enemies. God is gonna bring a meal to you in the presence of your enemies. In other words, champions learn how to get spiritual nutrition out of every attack served up by the enemy. God, listen, the best meals that God provides is in the front line of the battle. In other words, I believe we as Christians, when we're facing giants, we are, not, we are not to be looking at them and how big they are and how small we are. We need to say, thank you, Lord. I'm the giant slayer. That giant's coming down. It's promotion time. And you prepare a table before me in the very presence of my enemies. I thank you, Lord, that I'm getting spiritual nutrition. I thank you, Lord, that the best meals are on the front line of the battle. Come on, somebody praise God. You ever thought about the benefits of being attacked and facing your enemy? Here's one. You get the eye of the tiger. I love Rocky movies. How many love Rocky movies? When I was younger in my teenagers, I used to love to box. And I'm, so I'm like, whenever I see movies like that, so I'm sort of ducking and weaving all through the movie. Anybody else do that? You put yourself in the movie. Oh man, that one hurt. And I saw Rocky. Not Rocky 1, that was good. But I loved Rocky 2. Rocky 1 is where Rocky loses. But he gets the living daylights beat out of him. He loses part of his peripheral eyesight. And his wife, Adrian, he wants to go back and fight Apollo Creed. But Adrian doesn't want him to. She's pregnant. She doesn't want her husband getting hurt. She doesn't want him to die. And she goes, that last time he almost took you out. And But Rocky's going, come on, I want to do this. Yo, Adrian! Yo, Adrian! I want to fight Apollo! And Mickey, his coach, Mickey's, come on, Rocky, you got to get grease lightning. You got to get fast. You got to, and then Rocky's chasing the chicken. Do you remember the, he's chasing the chicken. Faster, Rocky, faster. And he's going, yo, Adrian, I'm going to beat Apollo. And she picked up some big bag of food. And she actually was like eight, nine months pregnant, had a major, major um, health problem. She went into a seizure, ends up in hospital, and she's in a coma. 
And, and, and Mickey is going, rock, we got to get in the gym. You got to get fat. You got to get grease lightning fast. You're going to fight Apollo Creed. And Rocky's lost his fight. He's got nothing in him. Before, he was training. He was chasing the chickens. He was doing all he could. He was doing, and then now Adrian's in hospital. And for days and for weeks, in preparation to the fight of his life, he's just there holding a hand. Yo, Adrian, wake up. I love you, Adrian. And Mickey's sitting in the corner waiting for Rocky to get the fight back in him. And for weeks and for months, and then finally one day, Rocky's reading to Adrian, and he falls asleep, and all of a sudden he feels a finger twitch. And he goes, Adrian? And she goes, Rocky. Yo, Adrian, I'm so sorry. I'm not going to fight Apollo. I know you didn't want me to fight him. And Mickey's sitting in the corner going, what? What? And then, I'm so sorry, Adrian. She goes, no, no, Rocky, he lost his fight. There was nothing left in him. He was nothing left. And Apollo Creed, in the meantime, is in the gym. Hit the punching. And he's getting leaner and meaner and faster. And here's Rocky. Adrian. And she goes, I want you to do one thing for me. And she can barely talk. She's just come out of the coma. And he goes, what is it, Adrian? Anything. She goes, bring your ear closer. And he puts his ear right to her mouth. And she says, When? And he gets out of that. See, Adrian gets into the gym. And he gets in the ring. And Apollo Creed said, when I saw you get in that ring, and I knew I whooped you before, but I saw in you something that took all the fight out of me, you had the eye of the tiger. And I want to tell you today, when you fought your enemy and you go back and you fight him again, you are bigger and you are better and you are stronger and you are smarter and you're wiser and you're fiercer. Come on, somebody. What are the benefits of getting going through an attack? Amen. we got some interesting people in our church. We have a bunch of um, spec up guys. And uh, they're really cool guys, Navy SEALs, the nicest trained killers you'll ever meet in your life. <laughs> I remember one time there's this family in our church and the wife rang me up and says, my husband just came back from Iraq, Afghanistan, and he was shot. 16 times. I'm thinking, what? 16 times. So I went to visit him in hospital. And sure enough, there he was in hospital. He wasn't, I mean, he was, he was shot up. He lost his finger, his hand, his gun hand was shot. And the guy that he was with, he lost his life. And they thought they killed him. He played dead. And he actually managed to crawl over, get the other gun with his non-shooting hand, able to take out the enemy, call for rescue, And I thought when I went to visit him in hospital, I thought he's done. But I saw something in him. There's nothing more fierce than a wounded soldier that goes back to better, back to battle, because their senses are heightened. They got the better of me last time, but they will not get the better of me this time. Can I tell you, the fiercest warrior for the kingdom of God, who's been on the battlefield and fought a few battles, and you go back onto the battlefield because you get the eye of the tiger. Come on, somebody give God some praise. Amen. The other thought is simply this. You actually become more compassionate to other people. When you've been through some stuff and you've actually faced challenges in life and you've faced your enemy and you've defeated a few giants, I want to tell you, you do become more kinder and more considerate to other people. Listen to what the Bible says. I love this. 
in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 16. It is obvious, of course, that he, Jesus, didn't go to all this trouble for angels. It was for people like us, children of Abraham. That's why, watch, he had to enter into every detail of human life. Then when he came before God as high priest to get rid of the people's sins, he would have already experienced it all for himself. All the pain, all the testing, and he would be able to help where help is needed. God will always provide a way of escape. God will always provide a way where there seems to be no way. Can anybody say amen? I want to tell you, listen, God has grapes for you. Amen. But we've got to defeat the giants. You won't get to the grapes unless you're willing to fight the giants. Here's the last one, grasshoppers. Everybody say grasshoppers. How many remember that old movie, Grasshopper? How many remember that? Grasshopper. Ah, grasshopper. And I always think of, every time I think about grasshoppers, I think about, you know, ah, grasshopper. And it's supposed to be about little, small. And the Bible says here in verse 33, we saw Nephilim, the descendants of Anak. And it says, and we seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes. Look, we looked at the giants. And when we looked at them, we saw ourselves as, as grasshoppers in our own eyes. Now listen, and so we were the same to them. To them. If you want to change the way people see you, you've got to change the way you see yourself. You can't afford to see yourself as a grasshopper. You've got to kill the grasshopper mentality. You've got to kill, I'm nobody. I can't do anything. Can I tell you, you need to see that God has grace for you. You need to see that God's called you to be a giant killer. Can anybody say amen? And you've got to be willing to take on the small inferiority complex. And you've got to understand as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You and I are the product of our thoughts. I mean, God's Word is full of promises, blessed marriage, healthy, blessed, healed. But if you don't understand that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. We've got to be willing to kill the grasshopper unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you could ever ask or think. Can I declare these next 30 years are bigger and better than anything? This has just been a layup. This has just been a setup. And for your life and what God has for you and your marriage and what God's called you to do, the best sermons haven't been preached yet. The best campuses haven't been opened yet. The best songs haven't been written yet. Come on. The best preachers haven't yet preached. Come on. The best businesses haven't been started. We got to kill the grasshopper. God is able. Here's a thought. Do you realize that we are made in the image of God? And God said, let us make man in our image. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. So God's saying, you create your future. God created this world with His words. And now He says, you're made in my image. You create the world you live in with the words you speak, just like I created the world you have with the words I spoke. So in other words, listen to this. Humans create futures. You're creating your future. Even when you're not even conscious of it, you're creating your future. 
They created a future and the future they created was a place where they never tasted the grapes. This generation never went in to taste the grapes. Why? Because they believed a negative report. They were creating a future of self-imposed limitations on their future. I can never see that happening in my life. I can never see God blessing me in my business. I can never see me having a healthy, happy marriage. I, could, I can see that happening, but I can't see that happening for me. I wanna say to you, listen to me very carefully. God sets up opportunities for humans to create their future. God sets up opportunities for you and I to create our future. Listen, God doesn't think our thoughts, we do. Amen? God doesn't create our habits, we do. God doesn't create our relationships, we do. God doesn't choose your spouse, we do. And you've got to kill the grasshopper in Jesus' Name. You've got to get good with good. Some people are addicted to crisis and they're not used to things getting good, but God is good and what He does is good. God is good and what He does is good. And God wants to bring good into your life. God has grapes for you. God has giants for you to kill. To get to the grapes, you gotta take on the giants. But you gotta kill the grasshopper mentality. I'm nobody. I knew this was going to happen. I was afraid this is too good to be true. You've got to take God at His Word and you've got to kill the grasshopper. Anybody receive the Word today? Come on, you received the Word? 30 years. 40 years of ministry with your pastors. And I just declare today, Luke and Missy, I believe with all my heart, this is a day for you to think big. I want to say to you, God has grapes for you, Luke and Missy. I think Luke's over here. Missy's over there. God, Missy's over there. It's kind of hard to miss you. I love it. You look, by the way, how many think Missy is an amazing worship leader? <laughs> Missy, I don't know if you've ever written songs, but you will write songs. That is one of the grapes that God has for you. You will write songs that'll capture people's hearts, that'll open heaven over people's lives and people will be drawn in to the presence of God. I believe God, Paul, has grapes for you. And that grape of health and healing is yours. And we're believing with and for Him. Amen. Life Church, come on, say grapes, giants, grasshoppers. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you were encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at any of our Auckland campuses. If you're not in Auckland, then check us out, Church Online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifenz.org or download the Life app to stay connected and find out more.